Welcome to Big Time Basketball, the basketball segment of the Fantasy Fanatics podcast. I'm your host once again, James, and I'm joined once again by Nate. What's up, man? So, uh, today uh, in the podcast, uh, we'll just be recapping everything that happened in the NBA All Star Weekend. We'll go over the three point skills and dunk contests as well as the actual All Star Game recap. Then we'll hop into some fantasy pickups for basketball, and then we'll uh, just go over uh, some of the general uh, outlook in the NBA, and then preview some of the upcoming games uh, for Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, so let's just hop right into it. Um, let's take a look at some of the uh, stuff that happened on our All-Star Weekend. Um, just going first uh, to the three-point comp- competition. And I, I guess it, it really uh, wasn't much of a, a contest there. Um, Steph Curry just doing what he does best. Um, a- any thoughts on the win by Steph Curry? I mean, it was Steph Curry. It was closer than I thought it would be. Actually, for like the three-point challenge, I was wondering why they didn't have um, Damian Lillard and Trey Young in the three-point challenge. I feel like it would have been more competitive if those and two were in it. Didn't Buddy Heald win last year? I think he should have been in it. Yeah, him too. Yeah, so like there were a few guys. I felt like you know Jason Tatum didn't do as well. Uh, there are a couple of guys that shouldn't have been in there. Um, but overall, Mike Conley is very good. Um, Steph Curry, of course. Um, uh, those two really stood out for me. Uh, the rest uh, of the competition was sort of a mixed bag. I mean, they could have even had Devin Booker in there. Um, yeah. I think, no, actually, I think he had an injury, so uh, he couldn't be in it. But yeah, just, um, you know, just they could have had a few more recognizable shooters, in my opinion, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Jason Tatum is a good shooter, but like, not, not, not as much of a range of- shooter. Yeah, yeah, not as much of a range shooter. Yeah, I see. I see what you're saying. Um, and then, yeah, um, uh, I guess you know guys like Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brown didn't do as well. Um, yeah, so maybe they they could sort of stack it up a little bit, make it a little bit more difficult for Steph Curry. I think Buddy Heald and Damian Lillard would have made it a lot more difficult for him. Yeah, I know the commentators were saying Steph should shoot with his left hand to make it more of a competition conley did make it a competition for him like let's not joke about that like he he really like he almost beat steph curry if curry hadn't made those few in a row that he made there at the end i i think conley would have would have walked out with it yeah i think that that's probably i wouldn't say the closest but he did manage to uh keep it close so at least there was that yeah, for sure. And then going to the skills competition, uh, Demantis Sabonis from the Indiana Pacers takes this. Uh, I think he was in the final with Vucevic, and uh, they were both trying to shoot that final three-pointer, and then they both kept missing, and then we were just sort of waiting to see who was going to get the last one, and then Sabonis ended up getting it. So uh, two big men there, uh, solid big men, uh, both of them uh, all-stars, and yeah, the it, they they really made this competition exciting because some of the, some of them were, looked like they were running like point guards through this whole, whole competition. Yeah, it was uh, really interesting. I was kind of expecting um, Doncic to go a little bit farther, but uh, he didn't make it. Unfortunately, I'm also surprised uh, Chris Paul didn't make it as 
make it that as far as I think he could have. Um, didn't Chris Paul get beat by Vucevic or someone beat Chris Paul? I, I remember it might have been Vucevic beating him. Um, actually, yeah, I think in that round, Chris Paul wasn't able to make his three point shot, and Vucevic actually made it before him. I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. So yeah, those two um, uh, forwards slash centers, uh, they they did really well. Um, Covington obviously was one of the main specialist guys for this event. Obviously, he didn't do as well as he expected, but yeah, um, it, it was a exciting little event that sort of uh, uh, made the the whole All Star Weekend uh, just have a little bit more, um, I guess, flavor to it. Yeah. I was wondering, I guess, just a kind of like as a side note, um, I was wondering if you think they should add like a horse challenge. Uh, so uh, what I've seen, I guess, differing from like whether it's NFL, NHL, when they do like Pro Bowl or like All-Star stuff, uh, they seem to have a lot more events than they do at NBA. NBA, it's normally just like two or three main things, like three-point and dunk, and then sometimes they'll have some sort of skill thing. Horse would be cool. Uh, they can have, uh, I think there's a game called like knockout where it's like bump where you can bump people's ba- like basketball. Uh, like you have to try and uh, sort of make as many shots as you can without the other person doing it. And you go in like a line or something. So they have different things like that. I guess they could maybe add. I know they were trying to shorten this year's All-Star weekend. So maybe that's why they didn't have any other events. Yeah, I don't think it would have been possible this year, but like maybe next year or the year yeah, after, going forward, probably add some stuff. Yeah, I know, sure. especially because like people have been complaining that it's kind of stale, like the dunk cont. Well, we'll talk about that later, but like just in general, I guess people have been saying it's kind of stale. So, yeah, I guess uh, you you were going to talk about the dunk contest, and yeah, let's get to that. Uh, I guess people complained that there weren't a lot of recognizable names. Uh, in terms of trying to generate like an audience on television, you know, when you have a dunk contest, you got recognizable names. Like let's just say Zach Levine was in it. Let's just say maybe a guy like Dar- DeMar DeRozan was in it. Uh, I don't know who was it. So I know Aaron Gordon probably wouldn't have been in it this year, but maybe you get some other guys there in the dunk contest that, you know, people can actually recognize. And then, you know, you, you might get a better turnout uh, in terms of viewership. I guess just in terms of the dunks too, um, like the dunks that they were doing, I think like they were they were good. But the thing about the dunk contest is there's so many like crazy dunks that have been done that you have to like really pull out. Be all really the creative, yeah. Yeah. So it's I, like it's hard, it's hard to impress anybody now. Like if you just just do a regular free throw line dunk, people just think that that's kind of average now. Yeah, for sure. I can definitely agree with you. Um, just looking at uh, what happened in this dunk contest, uh, and Fernie Simmons uh, from Portland uh, won the dunk competition. Um, he beat uh, New York Knicks rookie Obi Toppin, and I believe there was one other person in the competition. Yeah, it was Cassius Stanley from the Indiana Pacers. Um, all of them had uh, pretty decent dunks. I know they really didn't compare on the, the level of other years, like you mentioned, uh, but I actually was really impressed with Toppin. I really thought that he had some great dunks. I was surprised he didn't win. That whole kiss the rim thing that um, Simmons uh, did didn't really impress me as much as some of the stuff that Toppin did. I'm, I'm really surprised that Toppin didn't win the whole thing, but I guess that was just sort of up to the judges. Yeah, I think um, 
I guess his first round dunk I thought was pretty good because he was like taking it off of like a smaller uh, rim into like the main one, which I thought was like kind of interesting. But mm -hmm. again, it's not it's not like any. I guess it's not like the most creative thing that's ever been done. So yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from, and um, yeah, it was. Uh, I think the name value really matters in events like this. I know we were talking about the three-point competition, needing some some bigger names there in terms of three-point shooters. Maybe even a guy like Joe Harris could have been in the three-point shooting contest. I know he's he's I believe he's won that before. So um, I guess just for the dunk contest, you just need some recognizable names of guys you know that can deliver and they have the big name value. Of course, you throw in some rookies because you sort of want to um, like push forward the younger talent in the league but having all younger guys it, it it didn't really generate as much of an audience i think as they may have wanted yeah i think it's like uh you need a mix of like i guess big names to like draw in like interested people exactly. and then you have some like i guess some names that people might not necessarily know and then when they do get at the gun at the dunk contest that's how you kind of build their name brand yeah, for sure. I, I definitely think that, that would have been the right way to go. And um, just moving into the actual All-Star game, um, th this was a big win for Team LeBron. Uh, they topped uh, Team Durant uh, 170 to 150. Um, Kevin Durant didn't actually play in this game because of injury. And um, I just want you, before we get into all the stats, I just want to know your general reaction of the game. Um, I guess it was... I feel like in terms of how much effort they're putting into the game, I feel, I feel like it was a little bit more than, I guess, previous years. But not like, for example, like way in the past where uh, the All-Star game was like really competitive. I, I'm not sure if I would put it at that level, but I say like maybe like the past few years for sure. Yeah, um, I know a lot of people commented about last year's game being you know, one of the best all-star games that they had ever seen. Um, and I guess this year might not have lived up to that height, but I don't think it, it was too bad of a game. Um, just getting into some of the stats um, and just looking at some of the main guys from Team LeBron, first of all, uh, Yanis Antetokounmpo, 35 points, seven rebounds, three assists, one steal, one block. Uh, he was named the MVP of the all-star game, so he really had a solid game. Um, other guys, uh, Damian Lillard, 32 points, two rebounds, one assist. Uh, you had here Chris Paul, six points, eight rebounds, 16 assists, three steals. Solid game for him as well. Steph Curry, 28 points, four rebounds, four assists, two steals. Um, and then just some other guys with a lot of points. Jalen Brown, 22 points, five rebounds, one assist. Um, and uh, I guess Rudy Gobert, uh, 10.7 rebounds, one assist. Paul George, 17 points two rebounds two assists and um, surprisingly lebron james only played 12 minutes um i don't know whether he's battling an injury or, or whatnot he only had four points two rebounds and four assists um i guess maybe the question is who really stood out from this specific team team lebron um there's a lot of guys who stood out so it's kind of hard to say I guess um, maybe Damian Lillard because of his last shot. Both him and Stephen Curry, they're both um, going, I guess, shooting threes back and forth. So Yeah, I saw that. 
yeah, I guess that's kind of what stood out to me. Yeah, and I guess just looking at uh, team Kevin Durant, um, some of the the big uh, players from this team, uh, Bradley Beal, um, he was definitely deserving of his all-star spot. Uh, 26 points, two rebounds, four assists. He was solid. Kyrie Irving, 24 points, five rebounds, 12 assists, two steals. Uh, great game for him as well. James Harden, 21 points, two rebounds, four assists. Jason Tatum also had 21 points. He also had four rebounds, seven assists, four steals. Solid game for him. Um, and then Donovan Mitchell throwing up 15 points, four rebounds, four assists. Those are just some uh, of the the lines for for some of the the main players on these teams and i guess just for team durant um maybe there was someone that didn't perform as well you think uh, just maybe what happened with this team why did they lose this game um well i guess they were missing kevin durant i feel like if he was in the game i think it would have been closer it wouldn't have been like 20 points maybe like five or ten maybe yeah, I guess just overall they didn't have the that high-end talent on both ends. I know they did have Kawhi Leonard, but other than that, they didn't really have many top defensive players. That's one thing I noticed about this team. So if you don't have defense, uh, Team LeBron definitely looked better in terms of defense. So um, I think that's the reason why uh, they came out on top. Um, any last thoughts on any part of the All-Star weekend? Um. I think that's pretty much it other than wanting to see some, some more events in the future, but that's pretty much it. Yeah. Hopefully it can just become a bigger event uh, next year. Um, Hopefully everything will be more open. Um, They won't have to restrict everything to one evening. So maybe they might be able to do something with that. Yeah, hopefully. All right. uh, Let's get into some uh, fantasy basketball pickups. Um, so how about I let you start? Um, you give uh, maybe three of your pickups, and then I'll give maybe a few of mine, and then you finish off yours, and then I'll finish off mine. How about that? Sure. I'll start with my first three then. Um, I guess my first uh, pick is Avika Zubak. Um, he is still rank 84. He's only 37% rostered so far. So I'd say he's a pretty decent shallow um, pickup. He's uh, averaging 8.2 points, seven rebounds, uh, one assist. And his last game, he got a double-double at 50% field goal. And he had 100% uh, free throw. And he had one assist and one steal. And the game before, he had eight points, 10 rebounds, and three assists. So uh, pretty solid. I think that um, for at least the next week, he should be able to get uh, decent numbers, especially because of his schedule. So I think uh, if you're in a shallow league, I think you should take a look at him. And for my next pick, it's going to be Darius Baisley, uh, 49% rostered. So there's a high chance that he's probably already taken, but if for some reason you see him on the waiver wire, you should probably take a look at him. Uh, he has He's averaging 11.9 points, 7.5 rebounds, and 1.5 assists. Uh, his last two games, he averaged 11 points, 10 rebounds. And he got, I guess, uh, one three in his last game and two 
two threes the game before. And in his last game, he also got a steal and a block. And he's been getting um, heavy minutes. So I think uh, if you see him on the waiver, you should definitely take a look at him if he's still there. And I guess for my third pick, uh, I've got Tristan Thompson. Uh, he's 32% rostered. Um, I think he's uh, good for shallow, for shallow leagues and for some deep leagues if he's still on the waiver wire. Uh, he's averaging 7.9 points, 8.3 rebounds, and one assist so far. And in his last two games, he got 13 points. For his last game, he got 13 points, three rebounds, and one assist. And the game before, he got 13 points, nine rebounds, and two assists. And he's been getting over 50% field goal. So if you uh, need a player with a lot of rebounds and some upside in points, um, you should take a look at Tristan Thompson. So those are three of my guys. All right, those pickups sound great. Um, let me get to my first pickup. I have Jeff Green for the Brooklyn Nets. And the reason I have him, um, he's only 12% rostered in Yahoo Leagues. I have him because he's been out with an injury. Um, and he really needs to be picked up because he should be back from his injury following the All-Star break. Um, it, he was a game-time decision before the All-Star break, uh, but they chose to sit him out. Uh, he's going to be playing in a starting five that comprises of uh, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Blake Griffin, and most likely it's going to be Jeff Green. I definitely see him starting over someone uh, like DeAndre Jordan, uh, just because of uh, you know just him being that more flexible uh, body out there. Uh, he'll definitely be seeing minutes uh, because the the big four won't always be on, on the court. He he's a tri position eligible, a small forward, power forward, and center. So he has that kind of flexibility both on the court and in your lineup. So assuming that he is healthy and ready to go for the first game after the All-Star break, he's definitely a must-add in my eyes. Um, and then just looking at another player, I have Robert Williams, center for the Boston Celtics. Uh, he's just under 50% owned. He's been added uh, over 10% in the last week. Um, he's just been playing like really solid. He's been averaging, I'd say in his last four games, he's been averaging over 10 points. He's been averaging close to 10 rebounds. Uh, he's been averaging around three or four assists. Uh, he gets uh, steals. Uh, in those games, he's averaged three blocks a game, which is insane. And his turnover rate is low and his percentages are very solid. So uh, I feel like Robert Williams is definitely a must add, um, whether shallow or deep leagues. And uh, I guess just uh, one more pickup to talk about is uh, Jalen Brunson, um, guard from the Dallas Mavericks. I know I mentioned him last week. Uh, he's only around 35% rostered. He's been added close to 10% in the last week. Uh, he's just been putting up uh, amazing stats in his last, I'd say, five games, five or six games, actually. He's just been averaging close to 20 points, uh, around five rebounds, around three assists, around two steals per game. Uh, his percentages have been solid. His free throws close to perfect. His field goals around uh, between 0.5 and 0.6. So uh, this guy's just been balling out of his mind. Uh, he should be a must add in either shallow or deep league. So um, I'll get back to you for the rest of your picks and I'll finish off. Sure. So I've got four picks left. Um, so my fourth pick is going to be Dorian Finney-Smith. Um, he's more of a deep league pick. He's about 13% rostered right now. He's 
averaging 8.2 points, 5.1 rebounds, and 1.4 assists for the season. He's been getting heavy minutes, so you don't have to worry about him spending too much time on the bench. Um, he gets mostly rebounds, so if you need, I guess, like a forward or a, a small forward or a power forward who gets a lot of rebounds, you can uh, kind of pick him up. He can get um, a lot of well, not like he can he can get like double digits and points, but. Uh, most of his value is in rebounding. Um, and I guess for my fifth pick, I've got Dwight Howard. Um, he's about 13% rostered right now. He's averaging 6.1.7.3 rebounds. Uh, the reason I think that people should add him for now is uh, Joel Embiid is uh, going to be out for a bit uh, because of, I think, the COVID protocol. So I think for the time being until uh, Joel Embiid comes back, I think that people should take a look at Dwight Howard. Um, his last game, he got 12 points, uh, four rebounds, two assists, one steal, one block. That's a 66.7% field goal. So a pretty decent game, especially for the amount of minutes he was playing. He should be getting um, more minutes because, again, he is um, filling in some minutes for uh, Joel Embiid until Embiid comes back. Um, and for my, I guess, for my next pick, I've got Patrick Williams. Um, he's averaging 10.2 points, 4.8 rebounds, 1.2 assists. And in his... Uh, last game, he got 13 points, four rebounds, one assist, and three blocks. And in the game before, he got 13 points, four rebounds, and one block with two threes. And he's been getting uh, major minutes pretty much every game, and he's had a pretty decent field goal percent. He's only had under 40% once in the past couple weeks. So, uh you should definitely take a look at him if you see him on the roster. He's only 20% rostered, so if you see him on the waiver, you should definitely take a look at him. And my last pick is going to be Isaiah Roby. Um, he's averaging 8.6 points, 5.4 rebounds, and 1.8 assists. He's only 10% uh, rostered, uh, so I think... If you're in a deep league and you see him on the on the waiver, you should take a look at him. Uh, his a lot of his uh, value is in rebounds, but he can fill other categories as well. Um, I think he normally uh, gets anywhere between four rebounds and eight rebounds, and he's been getting at least a couple of assists every game. He's been getting some steals most games, and he occasionally gets some blocks. His uh, field goal percent is pretty decent. Um, he does uh, shoot the three sometimes, so that that can hurt his field goal percent, but I think it shouldn't be too bad. And he gets a lot of minutes as well, so you don't really have to worry about him um, not having enough minutes to get decent production as well. So, yeah, if you see Isaiah Roby on the waiver in a deep league, you should definitely pick him up. And those are um, my picks. 
All right. Sounds good. I, I just have a couple more here. I have uh, Alfred Payton from the New York Knicks. Um, I know he battled an injury. A lot of people dropped him. But in the game before his injury, uh, he had 20 points, three rebounds, four assists. And uh, he was playing over 30 minutes in the two games before he got injured. Uh, then uh, after his injury, his first game back, he played 35 minutes. He had 20.6 rebounds, four assists, four steals, one block. And uh, he's just playing some solid basketball. It's clear the Knicks want him uh, in the main rotation, uh, playing over 30 minutes a game. I'm surprised he's uh, under 40% owned. He's only around 30%. Uh, sorry, 35% rostered in Yahoo leagues. And um, he's definitely someone that needs to be added as he's going to be an integral part uh, if the, uh, of the Knicks if they do uh, want to make a push towards the playoffs. So that's uh, definitely a player that yeah, you should be looking to add uh, in terms of the point guard position. And uh, just one other player I have um, is Malik Monk. Um, he's around 40% rostered in Yahoo leagues. Uh, he was added around 15% in the last week. So definitely people are jumping on this guy, which means that you should be doing that as well. Um, he's been averaging, oh boy, uh, in his last, I'd say six games, he's been averaging um, well over 20 points, um, around five rebounds per game, around three assists per game. Uh, he's just been so solid. Um, you know, uh, his free throw has been great. Um, his field goal has been around uh, 0.5. Uh, so he's just been really solid. Um, and definitely uh, he's had like uh, some of these games where he's had close to 30 points as well. Uh, so definitely uh, Monk is someone to add as he covers a whole leap of categories for fantasy. And uh, yeah, those are the end of my uh, fantasy pickups. So um, let's just get into um, just a look at sort of the, the landscape of the NBA where teams are sitting at in the standings. Um, I'll just start out uh, with the Eastern Conference here. Um, this is sort of just an outlook after the all-star break where teams are sitting. Uh, we've got Philadelphia at first, got Brooklyn at second and Milwaukee at third. Those are sort of the, the top heavy teams with really good records. And then in fourth, you got Boston Celtics. Then you got the New York Knicks in fifth, the Miami Heat in sixth, the Charlotte Hornets in seventh and the Toronto Raptors in eighth. And then I guess just outside, we talked about um, Chicago Bulls, Indiana Pacers, and the Atlanta Hawks. So what are your thoughts sort of on the Eastern Conference? I guess just the way things are looking. Um, I think this is pretty, this is pretty close to, I think, how the uh, playoffs are probably going to be looking. Um, I think there's a possibility maybe for, I guess for nec the next week or two, um, Brooklyn may catch up and take the first spot for like maybe, I guess the next couple of weeks because. Um, oh yeah, Embiid and Ben Simmons. Yeah. yeah. So there is a chance that the 76ers will become, I guess, beatable at least for uh, this part of March. Um, I guess it remains to be seen if. Uh, the 76ers will be able to take the the one spot back. But if the Brooklyn Nets run away with it, then I guess you could see um, Brooklyn at the one spot and Philadelphia at the second spot. And I guess just one more question about the Eastern Conference. You're a Raptors fan. Um, I also enjoy watching the Raptors, even though I am a Spurs fan. But I just want to ask you, um, is it possible that the Raptors could miss the playoffs? I know they've had players out. They haven't been playing well. Um, 
how do you think that they're going to sort of uh, either rebound and get into the playoffs or what do you think might happen with this team? Um, the Raptors have been uh, dealing with, uh, I think it was called contract contact tracing. Um, they have been going through their COVID protocols as well. I believe Pascal has been out. Uh, Van Fleet has been out. So the team has been hurt by that a lot. Um, but unfortunately, you it's the, the next man up. So whoever's on the roster has to be ready to kind of a win. And the Raptors do pride themselves on their depth. So this is pretty much, this, now is the time to kind of show how deep the, the Raptors are. And as, as hard as it is to kind of not have Pascal and Van Fleet in the lineup, the Raptors still should be able to, I mean, I, I would say as a Raptors fan, I would hope that they'd be able to hold on to at least the eighth spot, if not get into the seventh spot. Yeah, and just another thing that a lot of people don't talk about with the Raptors is they've pretty much been playing on the road all season with Tampa Bay not being their actual home. I don't know whether it doesn't feel like home because, I mean, they don't have a winning record either home or away this season, which is very problematic if the Raptors are trying to make the playoffs. Just never having that feeling of playing at the Scotiabank Arena maybe hurting the Raptors this season. Uh, just what are your thoughts on that? Um, well, I mean, uh, people always say that like when you play at home, it's just completely different, especially at the, the, the Raptors arena. It's, uh, the, I guess just the, the way it feels just playing there is, uh, completely different. The fans, they really do give the Raptors a boost. The Raptors really do feed off of that. So I guess they need to they're they're looking to find in like an extra source of i guess mo motivation to kind of keep themselves going forward but i think they i think they should be able to make the playoffs but i do think it definitely hurts not being able to play in toronto yeah we'll definitely have to see how the rest of the season goes for them in terms of them trying to make the playoffs and I guess just looking at the Western Conference now, Utah still firmly ahead there in the West, but we have a new second place team and that's the Phoenix Suns um, being ahead of both the Lakers and the Clippers now. What's your opinion on this Phoenix team? Um, I mean, they're really good. It looks like the addition of Chris Paul has been, it's been more than worth it, especially with um, where Phoenix has uh, been in past years. I think this is, the best that they've been in the past few years. Yeah. Um, and then just looking further down, Spurs have slipped a little bit. Uh, they're now in the seventh seed, and now the Dallas Mavericks are ahead of the Golden State Warriors for the eighth seed, with Golden State being in ninth and the Memphis Grizzlies being at 10th. Um, I don't know. Does Golden State still make the playoffs? Uh, the Mavericks have won eight out of their last 10. Uh, they're on a really hot streak right now. Um, I mean, do you think this could come down to the wire near the end of the season? It might come down to the wire, uh, especially if uh, Dallas manages to keep their hot streak up. Uh, Golden State is on a losing streak, so they do have their work cut out for them, but they are only behind by two losses. So it's doable, but we'll have to see, especially because Memphis only has 16 losses. They're at 
exactly 500. So they're also going to be fighting hard for that eighth spot as well. Yeah, for sure. We shouldn't count them out. And then I guess just any teams after that, do you think any of them have a shot? Maybe the Pelicans or, or another team? I think it's a, a bit too late at this point, especially in the West. It's going to be really hard to keep up. Yeah, I'm just really hoping that the Spurs can keep this going. Um, you know, they've just play, been playing well. Uh, hopefully they get guys like LaMarcus Aldridge and Derek White back healthy. If they can have a full lineup, I think they're definitely a playoff team to look out for. And um, I guess uh, between Dallas and Golden State, like you said, maybe even Memphis, so we'll definitely have to see who grabs that eighth spot. Yeah, it's going to be uh, close, I think. Yeah, just one last question. Do you think the Lakers keep slipping without Anthony Davis, or do you think they can be a top four seed? Um, I think, well, they definitely um, do need um, Anthony Davis to, I guess, make it far in the playoffs, but I don't, I don't know if they would be lower than fourth, maybe like fifth at, at the lowest, but I think they should still be top four. And one last note is that Houston's lost 13 in a row. Man, it's rough for them. Um, yeah, we'll definitely have to see uh, if stars like John Wall and Victor Oladipo want to stay in Houston or whether they're going to have to tear everything down. But let's just move into some of the games um, for Wednesday and Thursday, um, we'll, we'll start with Wednesday's games. Um, there are a couple games. Uh, we'll start out uh, with the Washington Wizards against the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, in terms of the lines, the lines have opened up with the Grizzlies being a three-point favorites against uh, the Washington Wizards. Uh, who do you see winning this game? And if you see the Grizzlies winning, do you think they can win by more than three points? Um. Just looking at some of the past matchups and uh, the Grizzlies have uh, won most of those. So I think based on, on that, especially with, I guess they have a better record right now, I'd say that the Grizzlies have an advantage. Yeah, I definitely think the Grizzlies can win by more than three points in this game. I feel like that they are the better team and definitely trying to make that playoff push. This is pretty much a must win game for them. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, just looking at the second game of the two-game slate, uh, we have the San Antonio Spurs against the Dallas Mavericks. I know generally the Spurs have been better on the road this season, but they are four-point underdogs to the said Dallas Mavericks, who have won eight out of their last ten. Uh, who do you see winning this game, and uh, how much do you think that they'll win by? Um. I feel like it's going to be pretty pretty close. They're both uh, very good teams, but I'm going to go, I guess I'll just be different and go with the Spurs on this one. Um, I think that the Spurs, they do have um, the potential to make an upset. Yeah, assuming that everyone comes back healthy after the All-Star break, then definitely the Spurs look like a good choice, but... Dallas has been hot, and you know Luca. if he wants to get a win, he'll go out and get it. Yeah, he's looking like the future of the league, so you never know what he's going to do. 
Yeah, for sure. And I guess just moving to Thursday slate, we don't have the lines for Thursday as of yet. But I guess just looking at the games, we can sort of project who we think is going to win each matchup. Uh, we have the Detroit Pistons against the Charlotte Hornets. Um, I'm going with Charlotte here. Um, I don't know whether you think Detroit even has a chance here. Or is this just pretty straightforward? Um, I would just say just pick Charlotte. Yeah, I think that's something that we can agree on. And then the Brooklyn Nets against the Boston Celtics. I don't believe Kevin Durant is going to play in this game. I might be wrong, um, but I still think that Brooklyn can win this game. Brooklyn's just too deep. It's it's hard to see them losing to anybody. And especially if Blake Griffin is in the lineup, that just makes them deeper than they already are. So, And like I said, Jeff Green should be coming back. Uh, so they're definitely getting their team together. I think that they definitely win this game. They are at home, and they are 9-1 and one in their last 10. So they've been playing really solid. Yeah, uh, it's kind of unfortunate because um, Boston was really good last year. And I think if Brooklyn wasn't so good, I think uh, Boston would have made would make it farther in the playoffs. But, I mean, we'll still have to see. The playoffs haven't happened yet, but... For this game, I, I'm, uh, I think Brooklyn's gonna have the advantage. Yeah, for sure. And um, just looking at uh, two teams that are sort of struggling there uh, in the East with similar records. You have the 17 and 19 Raptors against the 16 and 20 Atlanta Hawks. And um, I, I don't know if the Raptors players are back, uh, like Van Vliet and Siakam. Do you see them beating the Hawks? And if they're not back, how do you see this game going? Um, I think if uh Van Fleet and Siakam are back, I think it's kind of kind of a toss up. But if they're not healthy, unfortunately, I'm gonna have to be a little pessimistic and say the Hawks would win. Yeah, I think definitely the Raptors realize that this is a must win game, and if they get everyone back, I'm pretty sure they can take this game. Um, and uh, moving on to the next uh, Eastern Conference matchup, we got the Miami Heat against the Orlando Magic. Uh, going into the All-Star break, the Miami Heat were one of the hottest teams in the NBA, and I think they'll continue it here. Uh, what do you think about this game? I think the Heat slump is done at this point. Um, the Heat were always a playoff team. They just uh, needed to get out of their slump, so I'm definitely taking the Heat on this one. And then just looking at the next game, we got the Philadelphia 76ers at the Chicago Bulls um, with the two uh, best players out of the 76ers lineup in Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Do you think uh, this gives the Bulls an advantage or do you still see the 76ers being able to pull out this game? I I want to say that the 76ers still will, will be able to stay in the game. Uh they still do have uh, Tobias Harris. They still do have Seth Curry. They have Matisse Tybel. So it's. I think it's still going to be a competitive game, but uh, the Bulls do have um, upset potential. Yeah, I think this is definitely a must-win game for the Bulls, sort of being one of those bubble teams there on the eighth or ninth spot. So they'll definitely be looking to capitalize on this uh, shorthanded 76ers team, if you will. Um, speaking of a... Uh, a solid matchup. Uh, we've got the New York Knicks at the Milwaukee Bucks. So the third place Eastern team against the fifth place team. Do the Knicks have any chance in this or is this just a straight Milwaukee win, do you think? 
you know, oddly enough, uh, the Knicks did win. I think it was their the December twenty seventh game. They won by twenty points. So there is a chance. I don't know about how likely it would be, but I would still say, um, if you want a safe pick, just still pick the Bucks. Yeah, for sure. I think the Bucks being at home obviously should definitely help them out. And speaking of a team that can only seem to win at home this year, it's the New Orleans Pelicans home against the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think this game, the Pelicans, most of their wins have been at home this season. They've really struggled on the road. It's a, a struggling team in the Timberwolves coming to New Orleans. I think I, it should be safe to say that this is a, a game for the Pelicans, but uh, what do you think? Um. Yeah, I'm still uh, feeling the Pelicans on this one. And then just moving into the next game, where we got the Dallas Mavericks uh, playing a uh, back-to-back here. Uh, they're at the OKC Thunder. Um, I guess if Dallas doesn't win against the Spurs, uh, they should be a safe pick to win this game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm liking Dallas as well in this game. And then moving to the later uh, end of the slate, uh, we're looking at the Golden State Warriors at the LA Clippers. Uh, who do you like in this game? Um, I want to say that I like the Clippers, but um, the Warriors do need a win. So I think they're going to keep it close. Yeah, this definitely is probably within three points, I would think, especially when you got a guy like Steph Curry on the court. Uh, things will always be close. Uh, so uh, I do like the Clippers better overall, but I guess we'll just have to see uh, in this game. And uh, speaking of another close matchup, um, the Phoenix Suns at the Portland Trailblazers. Who do you like here? Wow, it's going to be kind of uh, tough to say. They're, they both have some good scores, but... I guess just on on Portland side, it kind of depends um, if they have CJ McCollum. I'm not entirely sure about his um, injury status at the moment. So, uh, yeah, let me just take a look and see if there's an update on his injury status, um, whether he will be coming back. Um, I know he was cleared for contact. Um, I believe that he might be a game time decision. So I guess it'll just depend on that. But I mean, Phoenix, they've won four in a row. They've won eight out of their last 10. I think they should be a safe pick. Um, and if they are somehow the underdog uh, in this matchup, they're definitely uh, a safe pick there as well to even come out on top. So definitely you'll get better odds if you take them uh, in a wager on sort of like the money line, whether like just to win, uh, they'd definitely be a, a great option. And then just one last game. Well, we've got the Houston Rockets at the Sacramento Kings. The Rockets, like we mentioned, have lost 13 games in a row. Um, I don't know. I still see the Kings winning, but do you think the Rockets can keep it close? Um, They have kept it close before, but I guess we'll just have to see. I think the Kings will definitely win. Um, I kind of want to see the Rockets make an upset, but I think at this point, I'm not really too sure about the Rockets. I guess if both Wall and Oladipo are in the lineup, there's always upset potential. So you can always find great value uh, with wagering on a team like the Rockets. But um, in the end, yeah, I think the, the Kings should be able to pull it out. I just don't know by how much. Yeah. 
And uh, that's the end of the Wednesday and Thursday slates that we'll be previewing uh, on Big Time Basketball uh, presented by the Fantasy Fanatics podcast. Uh, This is the end of the episode. Uh, We'll be coming out with uh, Fanatics football and everything NHL episode later in the week. Um, And then we'll be coming back uh, next week on either Monday or Tuesday for another episode of Big Time Basketball. Uh, So Nate, thanks for joining me as always. And uh, we'll talk to you on the next episode.